0: Hey, friend. Before we get to the episode, I have a free gift for you today. Do you want to start a podcast but maybe you feel like it's probably too expensive, it's too confusing, and too time consuming? Well, you need my podcast equipment guide. It's the five things I could not record my podcast without, and they all cost less than $100. I'll talk to you with direct links of what to buy about the physical podcast equipment, podcasting softwares, hosting, and more, all in this free guide. It's everything you need to feel ready to start a podcast today. So go get it at cord. Now here's the episode. Today on the podcast, I have my dear friend Jenna Viviano on the show to talk about our faith and our businesses. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. So we're covering things like how do we share our faith in our business? Should we share it all? How does that work? What does that look like? How do we truly invite God into our businesses as Christians? Uh, We also talk through five rhythms you can adopt to help you incorporate your faith into your work beautifully. And that was my favorite part of the whole Episode. So, I can't wait for you to hear that. So, let me tell you a little bit about Jenna. So, Jenna is a Wall Streeter turned tech startup junkie, and she's a talented career coach and entrepreneur who helps mid to senior level ambitious professionals land their dream jobs. And in addition to that, she's a dear friend of mine, also local to Nashville, and she's also a past client. I did her website and branding, I believe, last year. And she just has such an amazing business and she loves to in addition to the career coaching stuff, talk about the topic of Christianity in the workplace, which is what we are focusing on today. So you're going to get to sit on, on our conversation as two friends talking about faith and work. And this is like the real stuff she and I talk about in real life. So I was like, we need to just do this as a podcast episode. So I'm excited for you to sit in on the conversation. Let's roll the interview now. Hey guys, it's Elizabeth McCravey and you're listening to the Breakthrough Brand Podcast. Each week, I'll bring you workshop style trainings that teach you how to stand out online, design success from the inside out and create a breakthrough business. It's time to turn viewers into raving fans and design the business and life of your dreams. I'm so excited you're here. Jenna, welcome to the show. My first ever real
1: guest besides Adam. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. He is a real guest, but I'm I'm a not married guest. Let's just put that. Like that. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Okay, to start though, we have such a fun topic that I really want to get into. But first, let's talk about how we know each other because that's super fun since we actually do know each other in real life and aren't just meeting for the first time right now on this podcast. Which happens a lot. Yes, that does. Do you want to tell how we know each other?
1: Yeah. So Elizabeth is my my favorite business person to bounce ideas off of. One, and she has saved me from a lot of things too. And um, but I've met, I met I met you at the Breakfast Club, um, which was the basically networking organization thing that I started, um, where we meet every Friday morning and we would just chat with other business owners. And that's how I met you. A friend brought you. Our friend Steph Tuttle, who is in Young Life with you. Yeah.
0: Yes, and you yeah. guys Jenna's planning to start it up again. Yes, I um, am in January for Nashville people.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure the day of the week yet or like how often we'll do it, but we'll be on the Instagram, Insta chat um <laughs> gramming about it. So if you live in Nashville, we would love to see you. It was just a great way to meet people. Honestly, I was telling, I was telling you this before, but I was at my birthday party. I was like looking around the room and I was like, a lot of the people there had some connection to the breakfast club. And that's how I had met them. So it was, it was just really, I don't know. It was really cool. So yeah, that's how we met each other. And then Elizabeth did my website. She made me turn pro basically. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> well, your website's here te- Seriously, it's so fun too because your site is one that I often get inquiries about mm-hmm. of like, I found, I really like Jenna Viviano's site. Can you like, get, do that for me? And on the, we've had your site get copied on Etsy all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, that was so, weird. I forgot about that. Yeah. Copycats. And there's a lot of other things like that. But yeah, I love your site. Love yep. working with you.
1: Okay. So, Actually, first though, say what, yeah. let's say what you do. We yeah. didn't even say that. I'm a career coach technically right now, but I'm really um, morphing away from the one on one coaching. So what I do predominantly now in my business is I help mid to senior level, usually corporate professionals find a new position. So I help them brand themselves in the candidate marketplace. So, um, that's what I do for a one on one basis. I've worked with about 800 plus, we'll just use 800 mm-hmm. plus people on a one on one basis. And so in actually in 2020, what I'm moving the business towards is more like a career resources um, company. So it's not just me teaching people one on one basis. It's more from like a um, career courses and more tangible goods and services um, and less on the one on one coaching. So
0: that's what I do right yes. now. Yes, it's so mm-hmm. awesome too. You're so good at what you do, and you guys. Jenna is literally an expert on LinkedIn and so many I things love LinkedIn. for all. Of, yes, <laughs> and for all of you, like there are a lot of coaches who listen. So she's someone to like look at to as an example of how someone doing it really well. So thank you. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So diving into the topic. I've heard you share your testimony with me multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love how it really incorporates into what we're talking about of sharing faith in our business, in the workplace, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. And that was a huge part of how you came to know Jesus. So can you mm-hmm. kind of share a bit about your testimony?
1: Yeah, so I um, grew up in a church. So I grew up in a Presbyterian home. Um, and anybody who like knows me from back, back in the day <laughs> would say that, oh yeah, she was always a Christian. And while I think that maybe someone to be true? I always had the head knowledge, but I really didn't have the heart knowledge. My version of Christianity was I like to go to youth group because there were cute boys there. Like I had my crushes, you know. I went there because of that. And then as I got older, it was like in work, in the workplace, people would say I was a Christian because I had a Tim Tebow poster in my in my cubicle, which was weird. Like why did I do that when I was in banking? I did that. Um, and so my 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 perspective of the gospel of like who Jesus was was very not. There. Like, I just did not know. Who he was, really. And so whenever I was working at uh, in investment banking, I was working at a company called Citibank. And when I was working at Citibank, I really was working 100 hours a week. I was just like a fraction of myself. I had developed really bad eating disorder. I mean, everything could potentially be going wrong. It was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad time in my life. And I remember sitting on the bathroom floor, which is disgusting, (laughs) the 32nd floor of 388 Greenwich Street in New York City, because I was working on a Saturday morning. And I remember saying, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are real, you have got to get me out of here. Um, and a couple weeks later, I had an interview at the New York Stock Exchange and I got a job there. And while I was working there, I got placed into um, a group um, where I, I loved my group. They helped me like figure out who I was again. I got my creativity back, all that wonderful things. But also simultaneously, there was a coworker that I had. He was around my age and he just showed up to work as a whole person, honestly. that's He showed up to work as a whole person. And part of that was he was a Christian. He was a believer. And I think he had heard that I... I was interested in like exploring church because I had this, you know, situation where I asked God, if you're real, get me out of here. And you got me out of there. And he kept asking me to go to this um, event that they were having. It was called um, Crew Millennials. And they were going on some retreat. And he's like, I really think you should come. And I was like, I am not going. Christians are weird. I'm definitely not doing that. No way are you going to make me go on to this like retreat. Heck no. And I just kept saying no, 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 no. Until finally I told him yes. So he would stop asking me. And I showed up on that retreat. I knew like one other person besides him, another girl, but I basically knew no one. And I showed up, and the person who picked me up from um, the train station, her name is Carrie, and she ended up becoming my mentor. And I sat with her over many a tear-stained salad on Wall Street, (laughs) talking about life, getting to know who Jesus really was. So honestly, I say that I found Jesus on Wall Street. And it was because of that coworker showing up to work as a whole person, he was able to minister me, and and he would never take credit for that. But honestly, if that hadn't happened, the rest of my life wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't be here today talking to you even, Elizabeth. We probably wouldn't have been friends if that hadn't happened in my life. So that's me, about me in a nutshell, how I found Jesus.
0: Yes. Oh, and I love your story so much. And saying you found Jesus on Wall Street, like that's mm-hmm. just so cool. Yeah. Um, so cool about that coworker too. Do you
1: still stay in touch with him at all? A little bit here and there. We have more tangential friends. So some yeah. of our friends, I'm friends with some of his friends. And so we more are more acquaintances than really keep in touch. I actually should probably should reach out to him, have him on the, my yeah, podcast. Tell maybe him to tell, talk. Yeah, about tell it. me you've talked about him on podcast. I know, he probably knows that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
0: Um, okay, so thinking about you know inviting kind of you said he showed up to work as a whole person Mm -hmm. so it's like you know i talk about this on the podcast but like that we should know as christians and really like fully believe that god does want to be invited into all aspects of our lives Mm -hmm. including our business Mm -hmm. so like thinking about that what would you say are some ways we can invite god into our business and like show up as a whole person in our Mm -hmm. businesses yeah
1: um, oh gosh, there's so many different things to unpack with that. <laughs> I think the first thing is like prayer. That sounds like very the very Christianese thing to say, but I mean it from the perspective of I don't think I ever really prayed about my business other than like God, can you bring me clients? Right, But I never really prayed about like, God, can you give me the right word to say to this client that you want them to hear? Even if I'm not necessarily saying it's, it's from you, it's still gonna be from you. It's not gonna be from me. So helping myself step out of the way, that's a prayer that I often have. And then also just continually thinking about What is my identity in? Is my identity in my business right now, or is it truly in you? So, from like a thirty thousand foot viewpoint, it's it's like praying into your business, praying into the future of your organization, praying for your clients, for the people that you work with, for the people that work for you, Um, and that's that's like the thirty thousand foot level. And then from like a more deeper level, I think it it really means it, especially if you're someone like yourself or me. Like my name is my business. So I think it's 100% okay for me to show up and be honest about who I am. And part of a huge part of why I do what I do and why I work is because I'm a believer, because I'm a Christian. And I think it would be dishonest for me not to be straightforward and honest with that in my workplace and with my clients.
0: Yeah, that's the thing too with like being a personal brand business, so to speak, where like you said, your name is your business. Mm -hmm. It makes you on one hand want to show up with like more vulnerability of like you are your brand so your interest in your personality mm-hmm. and like your faith um can all be part of that but then it can also make you want to hide things to be careful to
1: kind of fit in with liking like having more people like you maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm very strongly against that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I most of my clients are actually not Christians, I would say they do not. Yeah. They would not identify as Christian. They do not want me to preach them. And it's not like I go into my client sessions. I'm like, let's pray. If they asked me to do yeah. that, I would, totally would do that. But I'm never going to project my own faith and beliefs on them. But I'm also not going to lie about who I am. Um, I think there's so many people nowadays that are so scared to show up or to admit that they're a Christian because of maybe the political landscape or HR or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a part of who I am. And so I'm just going to be matter of fact about it. And if you don't want me to be a part of your organization because of that, uh, bye, see ya, right? Or if you don't want to work with me, that's okay as well. That may be the very um, controversial approach that I take to it, but I just can't live in a space of inauthenticity.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally, I'm with you on that. And I think we both feel that. And mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Like, I I don't, I work with, I would say maybe like half and half mm-hmm. um of people who are Christians and people who aren't. And then with this podcast, it would also probably be similar to half and half. But then mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think I've ever experienced someone choosing not to work with me or that being Mm -mm. like a polarizing thing, even though people often think it would
1: be totally 100%. And I think too, like as if we are Christians that's the best news in the world that Jesus came and died and rose again. Like that's the best news in the world. And for me to hide that, it's literally doing the opposite of what the Bible says of like hiding yourself in darkness when actually says you should be like a, like a city on a hill, right? You should be the light on top of the hill. And how can we possibly go about our lives and not have that be a part of our narrative? And I think also because God cares so much about our work and cares so much about the skills and the gifts that he's given to us and entrusted with us it would be foolish for me to think that, hey, I should not celebrate him and in, in, in why I do what I do. And then also to celebrate him for the gifts that he has given me to do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. So those, it's a both in mm-hmm. conversation there.
0: Yes, yeah, so true. and Yeah, so thinking about all that, How would you say, so this is another like big question, Yeah. but how would you say that as Christians, um, Mm -hmm. we can live out our faith and in the way we run our business and in the
1: way we work with clients, like some practical ways to like really incorporate the two. Really what it comes down to is building trust with clients or potential clients. And then looking at that as I actually look at it as a potential ministry opportunity, right? So I'm, I'm at the very least exposing a client to somebody who's a Christian, who's not going to shame them, judge them, or tell them they're doing things wrong, (laughs) right? (laughs) I'm there to be an encouraging factor. And I'm there to share honestly about how my career journey has affected me and why I've gone the way that I've gone. And so it's more of a matter of fact way of including ministry into the way I speak about my story, because I can't talk about work and talk about my career without also talking about my faith. Like I was just in a client call right before this and we were talking about resumes and she was talking about her background and the world that she grew up in. And so I started explaining a little bit about my background. Now I've actually had clients in, and this might answer your question or not answer your question, but I've had clients in the past who know that I'm a Christian. They know that I talk about those things. I'm very matter of fact about that. Never push it down their throats, but they've had questions before and they've asked me about it. And so I only when asked really, or very directly, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going in there Bible beating them. Right. (laughs) And I'm also not, not talking about it at all. It's I'm, I'm showing up as a whole person in my workplace, showing up to work in the way that I speak to my clients and sharing my story in a very authentic way and not worrying like, are they going to judge me that I'm a Christian? Right. (laughs) I think it's really just the narrative of how we incorporate it into our work as whether we again, show up as a whole person. I know I keep saying that, but, um, I think too many of us don't actually do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And actually,
0: one thing this question makes me think of that actually I heard someone say on the day we originally tried to record this oh, um, later that night. Someone, I've, I don't know who actually said it first, but the quote is preach the gospel always, use words when necessary. Totally. And I think that's, that's such a great way, though, to sum up like thinking about being a Christian in your business mm-hmm. of like, Always be sharing the gospel through your actions, mm-hmm. and then use words when necessary. And I think about that a lot with like client experience stuff mm-hmm. as excellent. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of like showing people who Jesus is by like being like good at what you do and giving them like an excellent experience as a customer or, or as a client.
1: Yeah. And I think as believers, knowing that we are made in the image of God and that God gifted us with these capabilities, right? We didn't really do it. We didn't do anything to get those gifts that we've been given. You've been gifted in a very unique way, and I've been gifted in a very unique way. So it would be silly for me and kind of honestly offensive, I feel like, to the creator if we did not hone those skills and try to not achieve excellence, isn't the right word, but like lean into that and really strive for excellence in our work so that it then can be shown to the rest of the world just how amazing God is. Um, And that work itself can be worship. And so the way in which you, as you've mentioned, like treat your clients and the way that your customer experience, like all of those different bits and pieces really make into how we show up for work as Christians.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Can you talk more about, because I've heard you say that the all Mm -hmm. work is worship and kind Mm -hmm. of explain that more.
1: Yeah. I think that, and I didn't realize this because I lived in the North and didn't grow up in like a super, uber christianese culture that i've experienced since moving to nashville but i think that in a lot of southern culture and again this is a generalization so if this is not your experience do not come and send me hate mail but (laughs) i've often heard it like said that if you want to be in ministry you have like it's almost like this you have to either be like a pastor or work for a nonprofit and that makes me really mad Because I do not think that those are the only ways that you can worship God with your work or to serve God with your work. An accountant that works for PWC that is working under that context is just as impactful for the kingdom as somebody who is gifted in the nonprofit sector. And so that is whether you are, you know, depending on if you're a business owner, if you're in corporate culture, typically when I talk to people around corporate culture, because that's where I sit in most of the time, it's you can do God's work by being an accountant just as much as you can about being a pastor. It just looks different. So yeah, I'm very big on that (laughs) because the thing is, is I wouldn't be here today if the guy that was a believer in my office wasn't in my office, right? If he was like, actually, you know what? I'm not going to be serving God. If I go into finance, um, I should actually go over here and be in nonprofit work or be a, go be a pastor. And those are all admirable and wonderful professions, obviously, but also so is finance or the more quote unquote secular jobs. Our goal is to go into those workplaces and be a light in our offices, be a light in our place, and it's not really about us anyways. Right? Our work yeah. really isn't about us, it's about worshiping God and giving thanks for the gifts that we've been giving and serving other people through that.
0: Yeah, and it's it's also like God really does call us as Christians to all different Career paths. I think he calls us all to be ministers in yes. whatever career path we're in. But like my husband, you know, Adam works for a nonprofit mm-hmm. and I could not do what he does. Like mm-hmm. we are, we're constantly like, we're just both so, even though we both like do ministry in our work and I do volunteer ministry, mm-hmm. it's like we in terms of like the career stuff. I just couldn't do what he does. And he also could not do what I right. do. And I think it's like God's gifted us all differently in
1: the career path. Would would you say that? Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. There's things that I should never be in charge of <laughs> like ever in a million years. Um, do not yeah. put me in charge of like event coordination. I will fail you for sure, but people can glorify God in event coordination, right? It's not yeah. just, I really think that when you're thinking about integrating your faith at work. Um, There's a lot of people that have different perspectives on it. And some people think, oh, you need to be a Bible beater and go into your office or your workplace and just throw a Bible on them. And just like, believe this, right? I don't think that that's Mm -hmm. what God calls us to. And also at the same time, we're not called to be underground Christians where we're like, I'm not going to tell you I'm a Christian because I don't want you to judge me. And da, 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 Mm -hmm. right? I think there is somewhere in the, where you have to integrate the two. There's faith at work with your job, faith at work in your industry specifically, faith and work with like interacting with leadership in your organization or faith and work with your. Co workers. Like all of those things are relevant.
0: Thinking like how we can do those things, like more practically, of Mm -hmm. incorporating our faith into our business and into our work, can you give us some more ways to do that?
1: Yeah, I think there are rhythms that integrators, people who integrate their faith and their work together, operate from. And these are things that I'm still like trying to learn and sift through myself. I've been doing like a lot of study around the faith and work sphere. Um one mm-hmm. is because of kind of what I do right with career coaching, but also just for myself. I feel like um for myself, I don't know if you feel like this Elizabeth, but I I definitely have an idol around work. <laughs> and especially yeah. like being a business owner, it's really easy to get sucked into our identity equals our business. I know for me, especially Mm -hmm. because my business, I don't know if you feel like this, you can tell me if you don't, but because my business is my brand, my identity is so wrapped up into that. And so I can become a workaholic really quick because I'm believing that Mm -hmm. my work is going to define and validate who I am, not my identity in Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, do you feel like that? Yeah, I mean, it also is a weird thing of like,
0: if someone were to say something, like if you got a negative podcast review, Mm. or like a negative review of something you put out there, or like, a mean, it's like, it's like you, it's like, this is actually me, like the business name. Yeah, and all of it. Yes, it can be. Yeah, very easy to make it your
1: actual identity. Yeah, 100%. So I feel like you should always be in a continual, perpetual motion of like evaluating where you are there. Like, how are you looking at success? How are you looking at failure? How are you looking at your insecurities at work? How are you looking at pride? What's your identity? And like asking those introspective questions about yourself and your career, whether you're in a corporate world or if you're owning your own business, which honestly, I think it's a lot harder there. Is that aligned with the gospel? That's like the first question you need to be always asking yourself. And then I think with like actual rhythms of people that are integrate their faith and work really well, some ways to think about it is one, do you Sabbath? So we can talk, we can unpack that a little bit more. Two, yeah, you have actually spiritual disciplines within your work day. I do not do this really well. So I'm preaching to myself here. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so like fasting and prayer, like, do you incorporate any of that in there? Another thing would be like generosity. When you think about going into work, why do you work? What's the reason that you work? Do you actually work because you want to glorify God? Do you work because you want to make money? Are all, all of those things. And then from the money perspective, when you're thinking about generosity, how I have thought about it is I'm working and I make money, yes, to provide for myself and my family, but also so that I can outpour and give, right? And so your salary isn't really just for you and your family. It is for the betterment of the kingdom. So how are you using your money? and then hospitality. Like I think about it from, even for corporate folks, like if you work in a nine to five, how much are you actually having a spirit of hospitality with your coworkers? Like, are you inviting them to your house? Um, are you getting to know them as whole people themselves? Right. You can't really minister to people unless you like get to know them as a whole person, right. You can't really speak into their life because you haven't earned that. Um, so there's that. And then practically also speaking is opening up the word during the workplace. Mm -hmm. So it's like, in the middle of the day, instead of being in your email, maybe you want to get out your Bible instead. <laughs> so I call it the word at work is what I often call it. Yeah. So those are just kind of some things that we can definitely bounce off of. But those that when I think about rhythms of people who integrate faith and work really well, they do those things.
0: Oh, and those were a lot. Those yes. are all really good things. Yeah. So unpack, let's start with the Sabbath mm-hmm. and talking about that.
1: Yeah. I was in Christy McClellan's class, Sabbath. Did you take I that class? Her. No, but I okay. seriously love her so. So she's a pastor at Church of the City in Franklin. For those of you, yeah, she's incredible. She's amazing. She teaches from Middle Eastern perspective, and I actually did a whole podcast episode. I can give it to you later of uh, with her okay. about Sabbath because I think it's it's this idea that the Jewish population rests so that they can work. When we often in Western culture work and then so we can rest. And so what would it look like if you actually like reframe the way you look at your weekends and it's actually the start of your week, not the end of your week? How would that posture you for your actual work week? So that's like one way to think about Sabbath, but then also creating the space to Sabbath. <laughs> I think we live in yeah. such a world right now where um, rest is not celebrated and like rest or self-care is like a massage or getting your nails done, which like true rest doesn't really look like that. It's like resting in the Lord and re- and operating from a posture of rest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah yeah so that's yeah. what I would say from a Sabbath that's that's the biggest thing is like working from rest.
0: Mm. So like in an all the time way, you're talking about not just like taking mm-hmm. you
1: know the weekend off from work. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think there is I mean the Bible talks about having the Sabbath day, right having uh, having yeah. set aside time for rest. And it's important to God. It's very important to God. It's one of the Ten Commandments. I think it's number four, right? Um, so I think that doing that, but and also just operating from this posture of like not striving and straining and operating from a posture of rest. So that's more of the continual posture of Sabbath, if you will.
0: Yeah, I love that. So not being like everything so intense and so stressful, but more of resting yeah. in God in our
1: work. Yeah, like who at the end of the day, it really comes down to the question of who do you really believe your provider is? Do you think it's you and your mm-hmm. strategies? Do you think it's your marketing, marketing stuff that you've got? I mean, I'm preaching again, preaching to myself here. Like, is it do you think yeah. it's your marketing strategy that you have or do you really believe that it's God and that he's got you covered? Right? And so that's mm-hmm. not to say that we don't show up and do the work and all that kind of stuff, but we trust that God's going to open up the right doors for us.
0: Yes, and I feel like, oh, that's so good. I think so many people listening probably need to hear that. And I also need to hear that. But um, a quick little story. I actually talked about this, I think, I forget what podcast episode, Mm -hmm. but I've talked about this before in like mistakes I made early on in my business. It's Mm -hmm. whatever episode that one is. But that I gave myself so much pressure and stress around money because I was like, I have to do it all. I, mm-hmm. I, I. And I would was like almost like refusing to trust God to provide for a while. And when I finally like let go of that and started praying more about it and trusting him, it was such a different attitude mm-hmm. in the way I like did projects and the way I was seeking out clients, like all of it. And it just really shifted everything to be more in that mentality than in the like, it all falls on me Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and kind of stressing. So
1: yeah, no, I think it's really easy to do that. (laughs) Right. Especially if you're a go-getter or somebody that is an Enneagram three, I know you're not an Enneagram three, but I am. And so it's very easy for me to think that I, it's all up to me to do the things, to get the things done. When really, if I look back on my career, nothing really happened because I did the things it was because God opened the door I marched up yeah. to the door, but he had to open it, right? So we have to think, remember that continually. And then if we operate from that, it allows us to take bigger risks, to make bold choices, to be more free. And I don't think a lot of people live in that.
0: Yeah, and that's so helpful too, to live in that as a business owner. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. Is being so fearful. My best days at work are when I'm operating from that. My worst days from work have never have to do with my circumstances, only have to do with my posture and attitude.
0: The next one you talked about kind of rhythms throughout the day. Is that the next one yeah, you said? So spiritual oh, faith, yeah. spiritual disciplines.
1: Yeah. Fasting yes. and prayer. I know that this is something that the Bible talks about a lot, right? Do you pray for your coworkers? Do you pray for people that you're working with? Do you pray for people that are your clients? Um, and do we actually believe in the power of prayer? I know for myself, I did not for a really long time, honestly. I didn't really, th- I was like, okay, their words, they're like going up into the air, kind of like fairy dust. Do they like, Do they actually do anything, right? Versus contending for people. Right. So maybe if you're contending yeah. for your clients that you want this to work for them, whatever it is that they're working on, or maybe that's it, you actually want them to know the Lord. Like it's okay to contend for that in the secret. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is okay yeah. to do that. I read the book, The Circle Maker, and I think that changed my perspective on prayer. Have you read that? I need to read. It's actually on my literal Power Sheets list of books to read. So I need to read it. That. I'm reading it again. Yeah. I think I've read it four times. It's just a uh-huh. really good faith builder, and I've seen how the power of prayer has impacted my personal life and my professional life. And so I never mm. want to lose that spark for contending for other people as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that. And I, for me right now, I'm reading the book Fervent by Priscilla mm. Shire. Have you heard of that book? I, know, I have heard
1: of it. I have not read it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's also an excellent book on prayer. So for you guys, if you're looking for prayer resources, mm. we both have a book we recommend on that. But yeah, I, I love everything you're saying. I think that's a thing people need to like think, Think about too as business owners, mm-hmm. you guys, that we you can pray for your clients. You can oh, wow. <laughs> pray, you can pray for um favor with your clients. Mm-hmm. That's something I pray often. If things feel like, oh, are they liking this? Are we on the same page? Like as a designer, mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of designers listening. Like sometimes it can feel really hard yeah. for you and your client to both like be seeing the same vision. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can pray for and something. I'm curious if you've ever done this, Jenna, that I do. I did on this last template launch. So in my office, on the inside of my closet door, as people bought templates, I wrote their name on a sticky note. Mm -hmm. And I like look at those and pray for them. And I prayed for them as they bought and for their business and that really that they would be able to use the template and like that it would work for them. And I love that. um, I love yeah, that. And it's,
1: it's nice having their names up too yeah. to like see it. I've actually never done that, but I, you're going to make me want to do that. I have done it where mm. if I know I have a client has like an interview for instance, cause I work with people on nine to five. Mm. If they have an interview, I'll pray for them during that interview or the morning of their mm. interview. I mean, I've had some clients where they are believers and they hop on the phone with me and I ask them, I'm like, can I pray for you? Um, and so that's mm. been really, really cool. Um, and I think it's been really impactful for those people as well. So if you know that they're a believer and they'd be open to that, by all means ask, but I don't think that you need to let everybody know that you're praying for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and I, yes, agreed. And that's um, yeah, again, kind of with me just saying that I'm not, I'm also like, t- I guess I should note that I'm not like telling my clients like mm-hmm. that I'm praying over all these things unless it felt relevant. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think as Christians, like something again, talking about like how people can want to shy away from their faith. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a client who tells you something that they're going through in their personal life, mm-hmm. it's okay for you to tell them I'm going to pray for you versus saying like best wishes or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. keep you in my thoughts. You yeah. know, it's like, it's just say like what you're actually going to do and do it. Yeah. But like, not, you don't have to be weird about yeah. it. But that's something I kind of think is you could think like, oh, but if they're not a believer, I shouldn't say I'm going to pray yeah. for them. But it's like, no, you can actually say that. If that's what your yeah. plan is
1: for that information. I would literally <laughs> call it the elephant in the room. I'd make a joke about it. It's also my personality where I'd be like, Girlfriend, yeah. I'm a Jesus lover. And so I'm going to be praying for you. That's, I mean, I literally will say I'm that. Doing that. <laughs> I'm like, and they laugh. They think it's fun. It's part of my personality, right? Like, and I'm mm-hmm. honest about that. And I do do that. And I say yeah. to them, like, what can I be praying for you for? Um, I'm a, I'm a Jesus believing, prayer believing person. So what can I be praying for you for? Now, I don't do that to every single client, I do them to the ones that I've built relationships over a long period of time with. But you know, there's other career coaches out there that do horoscopes with their clients and talk about gemstones yeah. and whatever they are, crystals, all the different stuff, which is fine. That's fine. But why can I not also do my version of that? If it's okay for that, why can't I also do that? <laughs> and if someone has a problem with that, then they were not a good fit because that's who I am and I'm not shy about it. I think it's never a shock for clients when I say something like that because I'm very vocal about it on my Instagram, on my LinkedIn profile. I literally have faith at work. And I talk about it on my website everywhere. It's not a shocker. One thing I would say about that. And this
0: kind of brings in a marketing analogy, yeah. but I think it applies to this too. But like Seth Godin talks about how, as a business, you have to like be something for, like be more specific. I guess mm-hmm. like, um, I think like with, I guess the way to put it is with faith. Like people like people who stand for something even if they don't stand for the same thing but like you need to stand for something Mm -hmm. and by like hiding your faith or trying to like oh like i'm going to minimize that so that i can like somehow be everything to everyone it doesn't really even work like that and god obviously calls us like not to be lukewarm in our faith Mm -hmm. but i think too from like a personal relational perspective it's like I think the response could be at least they stand for something even if it's not what I stand for.
1: Versus like watering down to try to be like for everyone, mm-hmm. 100%. And I had a client recently it was funny. She goes to me, she goes, you're going to think I'm weird, but I did this XYZ thing. It was like a psychic or something like that. And I didn't sit there and be like, girlfriend, let me tell you something. Jesus is the way. Like I didn't do that. I listened to her because she's a good person and she's looking for a solution, right? And I'm just okay. here to listen and be a sounding board. I'm not going to tell her she's wrong. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, if she ever has questions about what I think and what I believe, I'm going to tell her honestly and truthfully, but I'm not going to force myself. I'm just going to listen. Sometimes it's okay to not use words and that's loving them too.
0: I love that. Yeah, so... The next one you talked about was generosity. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? So?
1: Yeah, this is one I don't love on If I'm honest with you, like it's one of those ones where I have had to wrestle with a lot around money and mindset. And we, that's a totally different conversation we could potentially have. But the first thing I think is really recognizing as we talked earlier about who is your provider? Do I really think that I'm the provider or do I really believe that God's the provider? Right. And then also, if you really believe that God's a the provider, then wouldn't you just generously give? Um, and really looking at your, I was talking to a client recently about this. She is a Christian and she, um, we're doing some leadership development coaching, her and I, and she, I was asking her like why she works. I'm asking her if it's about money. She's like, no, I really don't care about money. And I said, okay, that's fine. Because I was asking her like, what salary requirements do you want to have? Like an X amount of years, right? How much money do you want to be making? And she said, I don't really care. And I said, okay, well, I want you to rethink that question as a Christian. How much money do you want to give away? And she was like, oh, that's a good thought. I said, "Okay." so then we back into if what if you capped your salary for yourself at like, I don't know, I'm just using a number, $150,000 for your family that you could comfortably live off of save all that kind of stuff. What if you just like strove to give more and that everything on top of that was actually giving power? What would that do for your life and the way you look at your career? She's like, oh, it would change everything. And so I think that for us, we need to really see how can our salary be used not to just like help us achieve more or get more things or self-actualization, but how can that salary be used to bless others? And that making money is not always a bad thing. That's the other thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, and I don't struggle with thinking making money is a bad I thing. I think a lot of Christians
1: do, though. They struggle yeah, with like... Yeah, I know. And I have
0: talked to many people who do. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's always been something easy for me. Yeah. But it's like this fear of making money because it means you're... A- no, it's not. If you have like this attachment to... It almost can be like the opposite way. Like you can actually have a money mindset issue because you're like, I don't want to make money. And I'm like, that's foolish too. Yeah. You know, it's foolish either way. right? <laughs> if you're putting too yeah. much pressure on it and wanting to make money, that's the only thing you care about. And then also at the same time, if you're like, nope, nope, doesn't matter, whatever, no big deal. Like, that's also not truthful either. And so that might be very controversial for some people. But I do find that a lot of Christians struggle with that specific thing of making money. And the other thing they struggle with is talking about their gifts and talents. And they're like, I can't do that. It's not humble. I'm like, well, you weren't given that anyway. So might as well celebrate the creator. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. And I
0: think too with the generosity thing, like and feeling like more comfortable making money. I've heard someone say it once, can't remember who it was, but just that we need more people who are going to be really generous making more money. Yes, we do, you know, whether that's Christians mm-hmm. or someone who isn't a Christian but is also very generous, but more people who are, you know, gonna strive to make
1: mm-hmm. some some good cash, but then also be really generous in that as well. I heard someone use the phrase, um, it's not my money anyways. I'm just using God's credit card. Oh, that that's funny I, love that. I loved it. And that's I was like, great that's part. awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just using God's credit card. So be like lavishly generous. If you really want to show people Jesus, be lavishly generous with your money and be generous mm-hmm. when it hurts. Like, I think a lot of people are like, well, when I make $150,000, then I'll start tithing everything over that. No, you start today because when God can trust you with a little, he'll trust you with a lot. And so you have to get that practice when you don't feel like you have enough.
0: Yes, and also if you rely on thinking... I'll give when I have more to give. You don't have the habit in place. Oh, for sure. So it's then you just hard. continue feeling, yeah, it's way easier to start giving when your business is making very little and giving, you know, a small percentage and then continuing to do that as you make more money. It's hard to start if you start too late on that note. Yeah.
1: And I think also it's like looking about how can I be generous in my business with my revenue too. So, like for instance, me and my team, what we've been talking about is having a specific cause that we want to put money towards from Black Friday to Mm -hmm. Giving Tuesday. So we would take like half off the store and 100% of that revenue would go towards the specific organization that we want to give to. And so like, how can we create more opportunities to use capitalism for good, as I like to say, (laughs) because capitalism isn't all bad. (laughs) But how can I genuinely do that of being generous with the the tools and the assets that God has given to me, even if it's a small amount, like I probably won't give that much money this year around because I won't, maybe don't have the traffic to my website, but who knows in five years from now where my traffic will be and how many people will be coming to buy things. What could that impact could make if I start small now?
0: I love that. That's a cool idea too, of like giving from the business, not just from your personal.
1: Yes. 100% both,
0: both and I love that. Yeah, so the next one you mentioned was hospitality. How can that fit into our business owner lives? <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Because it's a lot easier for me to say, "Oh, ask your coworkers over, right?" So it could literally look like maybe if you live in the same place as your clients, is hosting something that oh, your clients can meet and come together on. The whole goal of hospitality is to really just be generous with your space and with your time right? And so it's it's opening up conversation to get to know people as whole people um, and get to know them all the different facets of their life. So then you can speak into it if it ever comes up into the future. But the best way to do that, I think, and, and from a business perspective is, are you hospitable to the people that you, who work for you? Are you hospitable towards the people that you work for? And then how can you incorporate more of that into just like opening up your home, whatever that may look like? Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. Oh, and that would be so fun to have
1: like a client party. I've literally had,
0: I've had visions of that, but I have too many people everywhere to really Mm -hmm. pull that Mm -hmm. off. But I think that's, yeah, that's so cool. And then also like talking about like knowing people as whole people, we can also do that with our clients. For those of you who are service businesses and work one-on-one with people, Mm -hmm. it not only will help the project go better, but I think it will help you do better work Mm -hmm. if you know the person you're doing the work for on a more personal level. So like, yeah, like with me, I try to, like you and I experienced this because we were actually like in the process of really becoming Mm -hmm. friends, I guess we work together. But like, I try to actually know like my clients. Mm -hmm not just their businesses. so Yeah,
1: I think that it's there's different ways. Honestly, if you are listening to this and you have ideas for how to incorporate more hospitality into your business, I'd love to hear them. Reach out to me on Instagram because Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that I even have to like flesh out. How does that look like if I'm not physically in the same location as another person that I'm working for?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so tell us if you guys have ideas on that because I I agree that's harder with Mm -hmm. the, besides the one you mentioned of the having people over thing. Yeah. Yeah, so the last one, was having the word in the workday in your workplace. Mm -hmm.
1: So oftentimes what I would do, like my ideal morning is to get up, make myself some coffee, go for a run, come back, sit on my balcony when it's warm out because it's freaking cold today. Oh my gosh, it's (laughs) freezing. Did I move away from the North or did I move away from the North? I'm confused. (laughs) <laughs> uh, New York was warmer last night than we had it. Anyways, I digress. So it's sitting out on my balcony and reading the word. Okay, wonderful. That's so important. I'm glad that we do that. A lot of people probably have a similar rhythm where they have their quiet times in the morning with the Lord. But here's the deal. As soon as I get open up my laptop and get my hands into my email box, everything that I just feel like I learned just went whoop, right out the window, right? So if we really believe that God wants to be in all parts of our life, including our work, we can't drop him off in the morning and pick him up at 5 p.m. We have to incorporate them throughout the day. So an actual practical way of doing what we want to be feeling in the spiritual to do it in the physical. So it's opening up, getting your grubby hands out of your inbox, as I like to say, and into your Bible. <laughs> um, and so whether it's going through like a passage in scripture or it's reading a devotional something to get your mind centered while in the middle of your work day. It's actually a lot easier to do if you have your own business versus if you're in a nine to five.
0: Yeah. Of like taking a break like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I love that. And that's something I don't do. Yeah. Um, most people don't. So, I don't, I'm not always good at it either. And I created the devotional on it. So, I mean, there's grace for us all, right? <laughs> yeah. But I do find that when I do do that and have that centering time in the middle of the day, I'm more productive. I have a renewed spirit and I have focused on what, what God wants me to do next in my, in my job, in my day today. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So when you are doing that, are you taking time to read the Bible in the middle of the day? Or are you praying? Like, what does that
1: look like? It could be 15 minutes, literally 15 okay. minutes where I might be going for a walk and I'm listening to something on a sermon. For a long time, I had the like, I have to get into my Bible. And I think that that's really important, and really helpful. It's more just like having that alone time with God. Whether, if, yeah. if the best way for you in this season is to get in your Bible, then that's what you do. Sometimes that's not the season for me. Sometimes my season is I just need to listen to some praise and worship music and let that soak over me as I go for a walk because it's just one of those days.
0: No, I, I agree with that. And I think for me, like even thinking through this, like of how I can incorporate it, it would. Probably for this season, I'm reading the Bible through right now, which means I'm trying to pretty consistently do that every morning. Yeah. I'm definitely behind right now. Like, I won't finish it in December, which I'm totally okay with because I'm more in for like connecting with God through and sure. not like hitting the goal, right. so to speak. But I think because of that, I feel like for me, going on a walk with a sermon mm-hmm. or praise and worship music while having my fun little lunch break alone kind of thing might make more sense. I love that. That's a good, because that's a time where we could often fill it with Instagram or with like listening to, for me, like Crime Junkie podcast
1: or something like that. So switch out there. It's just like savoring the moment with the Lord. That's really what it comes down to. So if that means for you, like I said, in your depending on what your season is, it might look like a couple of different things. And I've had all of them in different seasons. I'm in your similar season right now where like, I can't consume I have or consume information on a piece of paper like I need to like hear it move it walk with it sink into it or sometimes it's just silence too sometimes I that's a new thing for me is sitting in silence um, I'm not very good at it but it's almost like what I need because there's so much external noise going on I don't know if you ever feel yeah. like that sometimes I feel like I need silence oh I,
0: oh I love like I love I think for my like yoga teaching days yeah. I really love like actual meditation
1: still and sitting quiet and all abide is a really good pre- app christian meditation app okay mm-hmm. that's a really really good that one out. that i would recommend using
0: yeah mm-hmm. i use simple habit oh. which they might be kind of similar uh, well it's not a christian app but it's like more general meditations on but they have really specific ones they have a lot of ones that are helping you just focus on your breathing and then they don't talk to you after mm-hmm. which those are the ones i mm-hmm. like Um, Or it's just more quiet. Uh, And we actually listen to those when we go to bed. Me and Adam do sometimes if we have our phone in the room, the like sleepy ones. So that's awesome. I like those.
1: Yeah, I love it. So those are kind of some of the rhythms that I think from a practical standpoint, like we can go, like I said, into the macro of how do you think about work? What's your identity rooted in? What are the idols you have? How does that reflect your career and your calling? And then how do you actually integrate that into your life?
0: Yeah, I love all those so Mm -hmm. much. (laughs) These are so, I feel like I have so much, like I've, I think i might actually like literally re-listen to this yeah. and like
1: take notes for ways to like incorporate this also practically. I love it. Yeah. I like the, pra- I need to have practicality. I think it's really important to unearth the things that are deepest in our heart, but then to do something with them. A lot of the time we do it, it's half baked. We like identify the things that are macro or emotionally going on, but we don't really know how to like move ourselves forward after that. And so that's what I think those rhythms really help us do.
0: Definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, seriously. So okay, I think we've covered that, yeah. but I do want to ask you some rapid fire ish okay. is what I'm calling them, questions to close out. Okay. Oh, um this is so fun. that are it. just kind of yeah, those are just fun to get to know Jenna, you know, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know her. So okay, first question. What are you watching on TV right now?
1: Okay, so I'm watching Brent and I are watching Brothers and Sisters. Um, have you watched that? Mm-hmm. It's like Parenthood. I haven't. It's like Parenthood. Oh, it's like yeah. It's I got love Sally Parenthood. Field in it, whom I love because she was in Steel Magnolias. So yeah. we're watching that, and then we're also watching A Million Little Things. Okay, see, I'm not watching either it's like of those. An, I need to watch. It's but, kind of like This Is Us, A Million Little Things.
0: Yeah, I've seen ads for that, yes. and I'm watching This Is Us right now. I've kind I've of over continued. This Is Us. Yeah, died, a lot of oh, people were, house. but I think it got better. Oh, really? Again? Okay. I mean, I yes, I've been it. telling everyone that.
1: Yeah, it's good. And then you you you're watching Law and Order all the time, right? I am, but I feel like I've taken a back burner out because I don't know what season I'm on. But it started to get de- really depressing. Not like SVU is exactly like a you know cheerful thing to watch, <laughs> but it got really dark where yeah. I was like, oh, I just don't think I can watch the I don't even know what episode it was. I'll have to tell you later. Oh no! But I just yeah, you'll have to look at that because it was too okay. Much. Yeah.
0: So for context, <laughs> Jenna started Law and Order at the very beginning. Law and Order SVU, which is like one of my favorite shows. Yeah. But I'm like, I was jealous because I'm like, I can't rewatch all those. Like, because you, when you see them, you've seen them, you, yeah, know, you know, but I wish I could watch it all fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Favorite restaurant. Okay. Give us a Nashville and
1: New York Okay. One. So my Brent and I keep going to Ataku Ramen in the Gulch. <laughs> Mm You've been there. It is so good. So we've also been watching Mm -hmm. Chef's Table on Netflix and there's a ramen guy, um, Ivan, Ivan Ramen. I think that's the episode. Anyways, Mm -hmm. we're very obsessed with it. We went on like one of our first dates was to Otaku. So we've been keeping on going there. That's like our casual spot. And then we really like Rolf and Daughters in Nashville. It's like pricier, but honestly, it's not that badly priced. I was expecting it to be a lot worse. So we like that. That's over in Germantown. Um, And then New York City. I mean, there's a zillion, but I like Palma. Lady Gaga used to work there before she was Lady Gaga. Um, Rosemary's. That's like my all-time favorite restaurant in New York City. And then Mad Dog and Beans, because they have really great margaritas. That's near Stone Mm -hmm. Street, near Wall Street.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Take notes, people who are (laughs) missing New York
1: or Nashville. Okay.
0: Love those. Um, Okay. If you could travel back in time, what time period would you go to? I would like to be Queen
1: Victoria. (laughs) <laughs> so funny. like that era they had the bustles but she was like a strong female leader even though the misogyny was totally rampant but she was still a strong female leader so i'd like to be her in that time period That's <laughs> yeah i like that okay next question what's your favorite place you traveled to this year we went to costa rica or rather we i mean i this is right before i met brent but i went to costa rica my best friend um from new york she got married there she married a costa rican man so we went there Which was super fun. That's yeah. It was very beautiful. She got married on this like coffee plantation. It was super cool, super super cool. Yeah, that sounds Mm -hmm. cool.
0: Okay, what is the best business book you've read? The best business book
1: I read, honestly. The first one I really read was Four Hour Work Week, which I feel is so like mm-hmm. overset anymore. But my dad gave me that and I told him I was never going to read it and then I read it and I said how can I do that? <laughs> yeah. Um so that was like my fa- I think that changed everything for me of how I looked at business and how I looked That's literally me with that yeah. book. That's re- this I think it was just like a, such a mindset shift for me. I haven't read it yeah. in years. I should probably reread it, but I loved it when it first came out. And then I kind of told you this before we hopped on the phone call, but honestly, I feel like the book, How to Get a Date Worth Keeping, I believe is a really great business book. <laughs> and let me tell so Is you, it an actual business no, book? No, it's a dating book. <laughs> okay. But because I read that book, my friend recommended that book to me. It's by Dr. Henry Cloud. He wrote Boundaries, also a really great book. I should we highly recommend it. But it helped me in my business because it was all about getting over your fear of talking to strangers basically, but from a dating context, but I took that to heart in every area of my life. And that's why you met me basically is because the reason why I started the breakfast club was because of the book, how to get a date worth keeping. I love. Yeah, that. So that book that's was really cool. impactful for me and just how I thought about networking.
0: Okay, I'll check that. I mean, it was so it'd be good for me to read. I
1: mean, you I mean, you're married, so maybe not. I can just tell you the gist of it. <laughs> like, but I think the whole idea is like, don't be fearful. You're just like you're just meeting another person. So what are you scared about?
0: Yeah. Basically, it's, it's not my idea.
1: not making it a big deal. And so what that made me do is it made me talk to men and women everywhere. Like I was in line somewhere, and I sort of started chatting up somebody. Or like, Brent always makes the joke that he's like, until the day I die, there will always be someone that I don't know that you know that you know. (laughs) Like, I will always be meeting new people that you've known for a long time and feel like they're your best friend. And that's just because I'm always trying to connect with people. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I think that that book really changed my mind on it, which helped me in my business and everything. So...
0: Yeah. Well, you're great at like that side of net like the networking, but more in a authentic yeah, way. Non-awkward so
1: networking it. is what I like to call it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then with the four-hour work week, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that one that I have. I also, I have not read it since college, mm-hmm. but I read that my junior year of college and then was like, maybe I want to start a business. Yeah. Who knows? not cool? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, those, those are all my rapid fire questions, but um,
1: okay. You're amazing. Let's, okay. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. So it's just my name, Jenna Viviano with one N, Jenna with one N. You have an underscore in I your do. Instagram handle. I do have an underscore. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. I do. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then um, you can find me on LinkedIn because I produce a ton of content on there. And um, if you're interested in learning about more about how to integrate faith at work and specifically using the word at work, you can go to www.gennaviviano.com slash word at work. And that's where you can find that devotional there.
0: Awesome. Love I love it. Yes. And go hang out with Jenna on Instagram and all the places and go look at her website. Yes. that I did. She did it. It's amazing. So that's fun.
1: I love Show It too. <laughs> Can I just say I love Show It? It makes me look yes. so pro. <laughs> <laughs> show It's the best. And there have been, if for, if those of you listening
0: don't know what Show It is, there's a couple episodes comparing it to like all the other platforms. And you came from
1: Squarespace mm-hmm. beforehand with a, I guess like DIY site, yeah, right? Which honestly did me really well for a while it honestly did. I was yeah. very proud of that website. It made me money, but whenever I upgraded and got, um, a website that you've designed, um, it blew my business up. So, um, cause yeah. people will go to my website. I'm very different than everybody else in my, um, like line of work and nobody has a good of, of honestly, and I truly mean that. And I can say that because it wasn't me who created it, it was you who did <laughs> like nobody in the career coaching space has good of a website as I do. Oh, yeah. It wasn't me, it was you. So <laughs> I just hired the right person.
0: <laughs> you're sweet. Well, I think your self as a brand is definitely a huge part of that and your amazing copywriting skills. But also like designers, a huge tip mm-hmm. there. Like, don't don't look at the industry you're designing for to get inspiration. Yes. Please. Like for websites. Like I was not like looking at other career mm-hmm. coaches' sites to like get ideas or really other websites in general. I look to magazines a lot for your site, oh, actually. I but um <laughs> But yeah, like if you just look in the career coach bubble, then it would have just been like every other career coach site. So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yep. I love that. Okay.
0: Well, Jenna, thank you so much for your
1: time. Thank you. And thank you for this has been on. super fun. And I'm happy and glad that I was your first quote unquote real guest. I won't tell your yes. husband you said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell me there. Okay. Thanks so thank much. you. All right, you guys. I hope you loved that interview with Jenna as much as I did. Isn't she just the best? So, if you're like me, when I said I need to like re-listen to this and take notes, well, I did that. I literally re-listened to this episode um, when I was at the airport, actually coming back from Phoenix from the show at United Conference, which was fabulous, by the way. So, I listened to this episode, took notes, and I put those notes on my website as a blog post for this episode. So, if you want to reference that. for uh, details kind of to go back into those five rhythms so you can figure out how to incorporate those into your own life. Just head to my website, com slash 42, and you'll go straight to this episode and you can get the notes and the links to all the books and resources we mentioned. So I hope you enjoyed this and we'll be back next week for another episode. Bye for now.